Hello everyone, you are listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Botham-Lee-Dakin. As always, this is a show where we chat to golfers from the LT Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also find more about who they are as a player and their golfing journey. Wow, what a week we had at the Rose Ladies Open. The event certainly lived up to his expectations. A great venue a great course and some very exciting final day golf. It was a tournament of two halves as the English players came out on strong with Billy Joe Smith and Chloe Frankish both posting a six under par rounds of 66 on the first day. But second day was moving day for a lot of players and Switzerland's Chiara Tambellini made the most to come out on top sitting on five under par. Final day saw a few contenders for the trophy. We had Scotland's Hazel McGarvey, Spain's Clara Moyana Ragosa, and Let Us Order Merit leader Denmark Sophie Kipsgaard, all hot on Tambellini's heels and in the mix. But after nine holes, it became clear that it was going to be a Swiss showdown between Tambellini and Elena Moosman after they both kept going on a birdie spree. As one birdied, the other birdied. It was very exciting golf. They both finished on a 65 for the final round, seven under par, but it was Tambellini's fine form throughout the tournament, rounds of 71, 68 and 65, that won her her second win on Letas, three weeks after her first win and turning professional. It's pretty incredible stuff. Congratulations, Chiara. You're the Rose Ladies Open champion. Second win. How does it feel? It feels pretty amazing. Um, it's quite overwhelming, to be honest. Um, it's starting to settle in now. It was a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on right now at first, but it's it feels absolutely amazing. Um, I'm kind of speechless at the moment. Now you turn, turned pro the day before you won on the Access Series earlier this year. That's right. Yes. How did this week compare? Um, I mean, I think that was a great setting stone for me that week. Uh, turning pro, just kind of having something new. I know it just felt kind of different again um, turning pro and it was a lot of excitement with it so I think I just tried to keep the momentum going um, keep playing as good as I can really and try and make it into that top six of the LET access. I mean I knew Elena um, my friend from Switzerland was going really low and to be honest I didn't quite realize that I was 700 until yeah I realized it in the scoring um, but yeah it was definitely some pressure and I really did feel it but I loved it um, it just made me I felt like it made me lock in even more um, be really specific with what I wanted to do um, and then I made a few putts which was really nice. Now there was a bounce back birdie on 11, you bogeyed 10, yeah, that how was, important was that? That was really important, I had just missed a 5 footer on 10 for par um, so that was not great and then I hit the green in 2 on 11 but left myself another like 12 footer for birdie um, so I had a horrible first putt and then I went ahead and made that one so that was a huge momentum shift there for me and kind of gave me a lot of energy as well to kind of keep going and keep grinding so that was that was really important for me yeah so that was really really relieving and it's not an easy finishing hole what were your thoughts on that approach over the water yeah it's really really not that easy I ended up having a seven iron over the water um, which I mean in normal conditions you don't think too much about it but knowing seeing the crowd behind you um seeing my friend Elena just making a birdie as well um does make it a lot harder <laughs> but I just try to um stay really focused and kind of calm myself down and um yeah luckily hit it pretty good any final words for Kate and Justin Rose they do so much and the LETX series yeah no I mean Kate and Justin this is just I'm really just speechless of how amazing this week was um as I said earlier, we're just so not used to 
having such amazing circumstances, having so many little details um, planned out for us, which is really, really special. And it's just, it's really motivating to kind of hopefully get um, on a other tour, on a higher tour in the near future and kind of have tournaments like these that are organized in such an amazing way um, more often. And then also to the LET Access though, I mean, they do such a great job. Um, so many people were here again this week, um, supporting us, organizing, working from early in the morning to late at night. Um, I mean, and I was e uh, answering an email of mine at like 9.30 p.m. And I saw her again the next morning at 6, 6.30 at the golf course. Um, so they do an amazing job. So yeah, thank you so much to them as well. Congratulations on your win. Go celebrate. Thank you. <laughs> that was Chiara Tambellini on the 18th green with the water behind her reacting to her stunning victory at the Rose Ladies Open. Now, I actually had the privilege of sitting down with the budding Swiss player after her win at the PGA Championship Gothenburg to find out more about this star on the rise. So listen in. Welcome, Kiara, to Let Us Golf Podcast. Great to have you Thank here. You. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Yeah, just finished my workout, had an early workout this morning and feeling ready for the day. What was involved in your workout? It was a full body workout. I just worked, started working out with a new strength coach back here in Switzerland. Um, and it's really, really fun. So it was just full body workout, um, pretty much some jumps and some shoulder workouts so yeah it was a good one early one as well <laughs> yeah right and early um mm -hmm. so we've got to start with that talk about the win at PGA Championship Gothenburg um a great victory there three fantastic rounds Thank you. um Thank you. shame I wasn't actually at the tournament to watch it all <laughs> um but coming off from that it's a, a week couple of weeks later how are you feeling about that now I'm feeling really really good about that I mean that has been such a milestone for me I'm, I um in my four years of college as well like I hadn't been able to win a tournament I feel like I was able to get a lot a lot of top tens um and good finishes but like never actually managed to get all the way to the top basically um and then yeah being able to do that at the PGA championship and get the bird was was really fun and it was just my game was really on point every literally every part of my game was just perfect um pretty much um and just really on point so it was really fun and even now like since we had a tournament right away again um it was like in uh Elisa farm it was kind of hard to process and celebrate and be too excited because he basically had to go right back out there um with one day rest only and so now being home for a couple of days let it settle in seeing some of my friends seeing my family and kind of being able to start celebrating a little bit and have some fun with it um it feels really good what have you done to celebrate with them um I went out with some friends for dinner yesterday and then I went out for dinner with my um boyfriend and my family on Saturday my boyfriend's actually here now for an entire week because he lives in Finland um so he's here to visit me for the week which is really exciting is he a golfer too he is well it used to be he played for Miss too for three out of his four years 
Um, but he does a so-called regular job now. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he just has a job and he's in his own home office now. But yeah, he used to be a really, really good golfer himself, but decided that he wanted to go down a different route now eventually. And you decided the night before the tournament to turn professional. Um, That's right. <laughs> that must have made it even sweeter, the win, winning at your first professional tournament as a professional. Yeah, no, that was, I, I do get to say, like, I did not think it was going to trigger that much in me, but, like, I did get so excited after turning pro, and that morning of the first round as well, like, I was just so happy, so excited, just, like, was somehow, like, a different kick, I would say, almost in a way, and so the decision was actually funny, because I had originally planned to stay amateur for the rest of the year, um, so I could play, be playing in the World Amateur Team Championship for Switzerland at the end of the year, and, um, but then in discussion with my coach and everything, we kind of just realized that because I'd be missing one or two LTXs, the ones in Spain, um, to be able to go to Abu Dhabi with the team. And we just both kind of agreed on the fact that it's not worth um, missing those two LTXs because there's maybe a chance to get into the top six, top 21 and all those things. Um, and so then once we decided that it doesn't make sense to play world championship, it really was the other logic um, thing. The next logic thing to do is just to turn pro um at least hopefully earn some money that like can help me towards my expenses that I'm gonna have either way um so I'm really really happy with that decision it was um yeah some good conversations held and Swiss Golf has always really supported me and they now supported me in this decision as well which was really really cool to see and it must have been nice to get the big check yeah that was pretty cool (laughs) That was quite nice. It's sitting down in my room right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've spoken to other professionals about their transition from amateur to professional, but you're the first person I'm speaking to it that's kind of going through it right now. But you say it's a like a happy decision and so far it's worked out very well. Um, is there any sort of pressure or change psychologically that comes from that transition? Um, I wouldn't really say so for me personally. Um, I mean, on the golf course, uh, I still feel quite similar. I feel like, like from college rankings and Wagner and all that stuff, like we were so used, or I was so used to, um, realizing that like every shot counts so much anyways, which I feel like in professional golf, like, especially with there being money and like the ranking points and all that stuff, that's pretty much the same. Um, I would say, uh, so in that aspect, I don't feel too different on the golf course itself I would say for me the bigger change which that happened already when I played these LTXs tournaments as an amateur um, was the fact of obviously the traveling by myself or with um, friends organizing everything by myself um, and all these things compared to college where obviously it was pretty much put out there for you and you had to attend at the times given to you and that was that was it and so now being able to decide more things by myself I find that challenging at times. Um, But I also think it's really cool that I'm just able to kind of decide what I want to do at what times of the day a bit more. Um, And I really appreciate that, even though it's a lot more work as well. Has it sunk in yet? This is your job. No, not really. No, I was thinking about it this morning um, when I was driving to my workout at 6 a.m. I was like, other people are going to work now, but I guess I'm kind of going to work too. as I was driving to the gym so if it doesn't really feel that way I don't I don't know if it's going to um this year maybe next year like I don't know how other girls feel 
Um, but I mean, I love playing so much and I love working out and all the stuff that comes with it um, so much that I doubt that it's going to feel like a job anytime soon. Um, I'm just really happy and blessed basically that I can call this my job, I guess, technically. So, yeah, I also um, actually got an invite to play in an L.E.T. tournament in Switzerland in two weeks time. Um, but at the same time, at the same time as the French L.E.T. Access. Um, so unfortunately it was that was a really tough decision for me I also had to decide against the LET in Switzerland it's like an hour from where I live so it would have been really really cool but reality is just my focus right now is the LET access is the order of Mary trying to get into that top six and I mean I saw it now with that one win I went from like 40 something to 10 um, in the ranking so it just if you have another real if I have another really really good tournament it would just help me out so much and just being able to have five instead of four chances to basically hopefully get there um I think it's going to be really important so I'm playing all of them now <laughs> definitely and it's worth noting that no one's currently safe on that order of merit even Sophie oh yeah moves ahead five tournaments to go things can still change it's, with a win being 500 points it's just everything's out there like it's crazy so yeah we'll see <laughs> this is probably your first season kind of doing it but are you excited for the challenge? I really am. Um, as I said earlier, like with college, like I think I'm still transitioning with how things are um, and just not having my teammates around all the time and my coaches around all the time. But I think it's really exciting so far and I think it's really fun. I find all the girls on the tour really nice. Um, it kind of gives a little family vibe, I think. And then Clara and Anna and you there, like, it's just like very familiar, um, I think. And I think everybody's very, very aware of where we are at and that most of us or all of us have the goal of making it to the LAT eventually. Um, but I feel like there's so much respect um, and kindness still on the tour. Um, I've had so many fun groups. I feel like I've met so many fun girls already. Obviously, some of them I knew already from college and junior golf, but still, um, yeah, it's just so much fun on the golf course, I think. And I, I really, really appreciate that. I think that makes a traveling um, a lot more fun, obviously, because, I mean, if not, you'd be pretty lonely. Who are you closest to on LT Access, player-wise? Um, with Ellen Hutchinson K at the moment, I would say, because her and I lived together for three years in college as well. I travel with her a lot. And then Elena Mosman, obviously, from Switzerland. Natalie, another good friend of mine from Switzerland, um, who's not a member yet, but kind of plays in the LT Access events as well um I would say those are my closest but like I've really met yeah a lot of familiar faces that I now spent more time with that you meet at the airport and end up having I with Tia I just met her at the airport and we flew together and had some lunch together you know just kind of meeting more people even like outside the golf course and I think that's really fun definitely you mentioned college there um for Ole Miss were you called the Rebels yep. is that right yeah the Rebs. <laughs> Rebels I'm being exactly. a rep. Um, was pretty successful and it's it's been a massive year for you I guess because it's been graduation year turning professional lots of change um how is that emotion like how have you dealt with that the change um yeah it was a lot of change and I was debating whether I should be taking my fifth year for quite a while um but then eventually decided against it and um it was a tough decision for me because I really, really, really did like college a lot and almost had the best time I could have ever imagined there. 
Um, and so there was definitely a lot of emotions going on um, and graduation and busy with school and all that stuff. And moving back home, I moved out from home when I was 14, pretty much to go to a boarding school. So I haven't really left at home and I'm living at home again now. And so it was just a lot of transitioning, a lot of change. Moving out in the U.S. was a huge thing. Um, so, yeah. For sure. And um, was Ole Miss your only college choice? Yeah, I did my, yeah, I did all my four years at Ole Miss. I mean, when I went and visited, it was pretty much a no-brainer for me that that's where I want to go. And I was really, really lucky. I mean, my coaches have been amazing. My teammates were, were great. We obviously were able to um, celebrate big successes as well, including the 2021 NCAA championship, um, which is definitely a milestone and quite a big, big um, part of the experience, I would say, too. And no, it was just the whole program and even the university. Like, I really enjoyed studying there, too. Um, it was a great atmosphere, really cool town. And yeah, it was great. So let's take it back now to the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. When you first got into golf, where did it all start? It actually started at the home, at my home course where I'm still a member now. Um, it's here in St. Allen in Switzerland and um, it's called Niederbüren. And yeah, that's where I just started. I started with my older, younger sister um, and her and I just started playing together and then yeah, we went from there. At first, our parents play, but not professionally or anything. I mean, they literally just play for a hobby. And um, I got into it really early. Um, my parents never pushed me much. Well, they never pushed me, really, to be honest. And um, at an early age, I just loved to practice as well and compete. And so then eventually, I started playing some regional tournaments, some national tournaments, you know, as it goes. And then at the age of 13... I had to decide whether I wanted to go and do high school here in my hometown in St. Gallen or if I wanted to um, go somewhere else. And so then I decided to go to Ticino um, and do my high school there because there they offer like a sports high school that allowed me to play more golf, miss more school because um, there's quite a strict attendance policy in high school in Switzerland. Um, and so that allowed me to practice more because I also extended my um, – degree to five years instead of four years in high school I had to do high school in Italian because of that um which I did not speak any of Italian before I started so that was a nice little challenge too and it was fun it was really really fun yeah um I think it's really interesting on this podcast I kind of learn about the different school situations in different countries through the goal oh yeah <laughs> it's crazy like, the idea of like a sports um sports school boarding is like something that doesn't really exist over here in England um well not yeah not to, to kind of that similarity um it's yeah it's not very common here either to be honest it was just this one school that offered it uh maybe two or so but like it's not a huge I would say yeah and how was the boarding school experience living away from home it was cool I mean how I love home. I really, really do. Um, I always try to go home as soon as I can after tournaments and stuff like that. If I have three days in between tournaments, I'll be the one trying to go home. Um, but I got to say, I was never actually homesick. Um, 
which was really nice because I mean I know that people that are homesick really suffer um the good thing was that I was pretty much only gone from Sunday evening to Friday evening um I'd be taking a train for four hours every Friday night and every Sunday night to get back down there so that was nice at least I got to see my family and friends from back home a bit too but obviously I had a lot of friends in the boarding school um that I lived with um some of my best friends that I even knew before going down there um I loved it I thought it was really really cool um just being able to live with your friends basically um has been so much fun and you mentioned your sisters earlier um yeah and I think is it Olivia and Flavia from my research that's right yeah research (laughs) yeah um and Flavia has played at uh in the Swiss event this year right she did she did yeah um she played in the LET Axis this year in Flumserberg in Switzerland and Olivia my other sister actually played in it once or twice as well um past years so yeah we've now all three played in that tournament it's really close to where we live it's like 30 minutes 35 so it's really fun that we were all able to play in that one you do you have competition with them at all we I wouldn't say so like we don't compete against each other that much I mean of course when we go and I mean we practice together quite a lot um when we're all around um Olivia's back in college now and Flavia's about to go to college next year too so we'll all be spread out again um but we don't compete against each other that much minus like having games and stuff like that but honestly I feel like it's more of a helping each other um yeah we've never I know that there's a lot of famous that like I think that maybe that's a more of a boy thing I don't know where like the brothers kind of compete each other and they get mad if the other one beats them um but we do not have that at all it's just very very chill <laughs> that's nice um I used to play golf with my sister just with my dad and we were too oh good. really ruined my game really with her, yeah. so would you guys like fight on the course <laughs> well yeah I think it was mainly came from me I'm a bit, I'm a bit too competitive sometimes um that's funny <laughs> that, that um, is so funny she so which one's older and which one's younger is Flavia younger? Olivia is yes Olivia is two years younger than me and Flavia is six years younger than me and they both so golf route too or yeah um I mean Olivia is in college right now with golf she plays at Rollins College a D2 school in Orlando and um she is now in her fourth year and um she's probably most probably going to go down um the road of more the more academic um way basically she's not going to turn professional at the end of her college career and then Flavia she's only 17 um yeah still in the recruiting process for university in America for golf as well she wants to be in a golf team and um so I think maybe maybe not but she'll definitely play competitively for another five years um and I mean five years lots can happen when I before I went to college I did not think that I was going to turn pro so a lot can happen in those years (laughs) what kind of changed your mind with that um I would say it's been after my second year of college it was after we won the national championship as well. And like, I had just started to make a lot of progress um, in my game. I started getting some top 10 finishes and stuff like that. Um, and really just seeing a lot of progress overall. And I guess it was just starting to be more of a thing. Like people around me that I played with in college that were seniors, got out of college, turned pro. Um, and I was like, dang, I played with her and now she's pro and playing here and there. So like, I just kind of started realizing um that I can maybe compete on that level too, really. Um, I started to, 
I was getting really curious how far I could bring it with golf, you know, um, could I become really, really, really good basically. And that's kind of um, what really got me going. And I'd always love to practice, but that was just a, an extra little motivation more long-term than as well. So that the, the belief, the self-belief in your game, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And especially after that win at nationals, even though it was a team effort, but I'd played really well um, myself as well, like everybody on our team did that week. Um, it was just kind of realizing like I had obviously looked up to these girls that won the NCAAs in past years. And I was like, I was always thinking like, wow, these girls are so good at golf um, because they won this huge tournament and stuff. And then all of a sudden, even though it is a team effort, I was standing here myself together with my teammates from Ole Miss and, I think that was a big thing for me and just kind of believing that this is where I potentially belong. Um, I mean, we'll see down the road, but um, it was really the belief and the kind of thinking of the bigger picture um, and thinking that I can actually make it there um, was definitely a big change, yeah. When you um, won the tournament and there was a post, our post on Instagram and there's loads of comments saying how you work so hard, um, but what do you do when you're not working hard at your game what do you do outside of golf to relax um I honestly am usually a pretty busy person um I'm not very good at just relaxing um I mean I'll go for walks I'll spend some time with my mom I'll spend some time with my sisters um I'll call my boyfriend when he's gone and I'll spend some time go for coffee with my friends um yeah it's just really I don't have like well I do love to ski um, which is obviously only during winter. I always wanted to be a professional skier as a kid, but that turned out to not work too well. Um, <laughs> so I do love to do that. Um, it's just now with golf, like the recent years, I've not been going too much just because of injuries as well. I mean, I'm not too scared, but I think a certain respect is probably good to have too. Um, so yeah, to say to add to that, really, I also just love being in the mountains in summer and winter, really. Even if I don't ski, I think it's so beautiful and peaceful just go for walks and stuff growing up in switzerland always seems so Id- idyllic with the mountains skiing oh, it's so pretty yeah i've missed it now coming back again for a longer time from the us i really really appreciate it it's pretty it's really pretty <laughs> yeah you're very lucky to grow up there yeah it's it's gorgeous um and is that part of your like nature then the outdoors is that one of the reasons you love golf just being outside all the time yeah maybe I don't I don't really know that's a great question um I've never thought about thought about it that way it could be but I don't I think if it were to be indoor I would probably still like it like the exact same game um indoor basically I just I don't know I love how um I love the diversity of the game um I mean there's so much that you can practice um and just the mental challenge too of like I know a lot of people always talk about staying in the moment and stuff like that, and which seems pretty easy if you just say it loud. loud. Um, in reality, when you're in a tournament trying to do it, it's really tough. And I kind of, I really like that mental challenge, like self-talk and all that stuff. I know that's big in all sports pretty much, but um, yeah. And then really just the diversity of the game. I mean, yeah, hitting a driver to a putter. I mean, it's actually a 250-yard shot and then a one-footer. And they count the same amount and like to just kind of find the right balance of what's important in the moment because you can never practice literally every shot in your um in your game at all times and just kind of prioritize at certain times for a couple of weeks this and then 
the next couple of weeks prioritizing on the next thing. And I think I really enjoyed that. do what's traditional now on the Let's Love podcast we do a quick fire round so I'm going to okay. fire up some quick questions to you you can answer them as quickly as possible that would be great just with like one word or what no just, just really fast okay just fast okay <laughs> um I've not got any questions written down all coming from my head this time but I've done okay. this a few times now so it should be fine okay we'll start off with the classic who would be in your dream football and it can be anyone and it doesn't have to be from the world of golf even if they don't play golf this is theoretical basically oh okay um Roger Federer he's definitely in there um and then I'll go down to golf route still um I'd put Tiger in there and Nelly Korda that would be awesome great to have a woman in as well yes it is right you need some woman power <laughs> can't do it with three men that would be a good floorball and this is a bit of a sidetrack but do you take inspiration from other athletes not in golf like Roger Federer for instance yeah I do I do and like a lot of skiers in Switzerland too um and yeah I do I think it's really cool like for example Roger Federer I mean he's obviously a world star um how humble he is or seems to be at least I mean I don't know him personally obviously but um just from his appearance interviews and stuff like that I mean being Swiss we are really really proud of Roger Federer um he just seems like this perfect person pretty much um so yeah I definitely take some inspiration from that he does he's just like the perfect gentleman isn't he right isn't he 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 seems very complete um as an athlete and a person What's the favourite place you visited through golf? Cabo, Mexico. Been there twice with Ole Miss. And we go to this gorgeous hotel with um with a pool at the beach. Um beautiful golf course. Yeah, that was great. And really warm. <laughs> what about the favorite golf course you've played? Augusta National. Mm, I thought you um, yeah I was we were lucky enough to be invited by a couple of members after we won the national championship um and then this year I made it to the Augusta National Women's Amateur so I was able to play it again it's it's a treat (laughs) yeah and I was speaking to Kate Rose Justin Rose's wife for this podcast and she said that it's so much more difficult than it looks on tv how it's so much harder and the thing is like the elevation on the golf course I feel like you don't really see it on tv like hole two that downhill part five like yeah you can tell it's downhill um on tv but like the lies that you're hitting from are really uneven and then the what is it the part five 12 is it 12 yes no 10 11 12 13 part 5 13 like um that lie there like it's so the lies are so tough that you're getting and you don't see it on TV. It seems like it just, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's flat, but it looks a lot flatter than what it actually is. And obviously, same with the greens too. I mean, you're aiming at spots that you're like. I mean, we all had a caddy and it was like, really? <laughs> don't need to aim it there? Um, and he, the caddy would just be like, yeah, yeah, trust me, trust me. And he was right. It was some crazy breaks on the greens. 
favorite... it's so cool to even just watch it's amazing <laughs> what's your favorite snack on the course um i don't like to eat force it down no i try and force it down um i'll i'll just say cashews i love my cashews and some crackers not a big eater shake maybe i mean i do love to eat like in general i love to eat um i just struggle to eat on the golf course um i don't know if it's related to nerves um i just don't feel hungry and yeah i've i'm working with with this nutritionist now too um so i'm really getting better at it just consistently eat getting that food in me other than that i love eating i absolutely love it so just a golf course good just checking <laughs> yeah no, no 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 i eat a lot a lot a lot and <laughs> um, and lastly what's one thing you would change about golf if you could oh dang that's a good question can I just be boring and say that I wouldn't change anything? <laughs> One thing. <laughs> One thing. Okay, I. if you're in the middle of the fairway and you're in a divot, I think you should get a free relief because I think that's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Right, I could chat to you all day, but um, I'm aware that we've both got work to do. So Exactly. Um, I always end this with you get getting your best advice to to a golfer and that can be anyone from professional to amateur um what advice would you give to make someone better at their game I think the main thing and that's what I always try and remind myself as well is to have fun things usually just go a lot better when you're having fun and obviously it is more easier to have fun when you're playing well but to just try and see the good sides in it and just you know I guess that comes back to nature too. Like look around you a little bit and just appreciate of where you are and what you're doing and that you're doing this because you chose to do it. No one forced you into it um, and kind of appreciate that you are you are able to play this game. I think that's this gratefulness as well, really, um, together with the fun, I think is, is probably my main tip that I'd give. <laughs> I love that. I think so many of us get frustrated with the game but you just have to right and you just forget how fun and beautiful it is definitely well thanks so much for joining us this morning well thank you so much and And, uh, i hope to see you soon out there on the course yeah me too all right Thank you all for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast. And a big thank you for this week's guest, the tiny and mighty Chiara Tambellini, for sharing with us her insights into her life, the world of golf, and really opening up about the transition from amateur to professional golf. Well, the order of merit table is certainly heating up. The Rose Ladies Open shook things up with Dane's Kofi Kipsgaard. She retains her top spot, but with Switzerland's Elena Moosman moving up to second on 1,400.67 points. Tambellini, after two wins, now sits in third to make a Swiss double on 1,283.10 points, whilst England's Emily Price and Gemma Clues sit fourth and fifth respectively. 
Dane Puckling Thompson now has moved to sixth position on the order of merit with 985.23 points, with Austrian Katarina Mulbaer sitting in seventh, just outside those crucial top six spots. With fourth events left, things can change, and it will be interesting to see who ends up with their 2024 LET cards. This week, we are back in action in France again for the Haute de France Pas de Calais Golf Open at Golf Saint-Omer for a second time. Like last year, it's a co-sanctioned event with the Alps Tour, a developmental professional golf tour for men which is sanctioned by the National Golf Associations of France, Italy, Austria, Switzerland and Morocco. This week, it sees 66 men and 66 women of our best women playing together for separate prize funds of €40,000 and separate trophies. The tournament starts on the 14th of September, so I urge all you listening to follow all the action on the LIT Access series on at LIT Access on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter and LIT Access series on Facebook. I really enjoyed the chat and if you're listening to me now, you must have done too. So please show your appreciation by clicking that subscribing button or reviewing, rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcast to give the series a boost and help others find it. But not only that, raising the profile of our fantastic players. I will be back next week with another inspirational guest, so see you then.